Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by Mubi, the online streaming cinema. For your free 30-day trial, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. back ladies and gentlemen to a brand new episode of the film stage show the movie review podcast for the filmstage.com as always i'm your host brian j rowan with me today we have michael snydell big willie style it is big willie style speaking of big willie style we got william bill graham oh my god hi <laughs> jesus christ all right sorry Some- i'm really fast right now somehow more jarring than second Oh no, this is a terrible gimmick. This is a terrible gimmick, yes. Please stop. (laughs) Somehow you saying, hey, what's up, is more jarring than you screaming into the mic like you usually do. It almost sounded like you just reminded him his name was William. Like, it's like you just, I I thought he was like reacting. You're like, oh yeah. (laughs) Oh my God, I haven't been called that in a while. When (laughs) Hannibal was still on, I refused to call him Bill. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, this is Will Graham. This is Special Agent Will Graham. And I don't know why you wouldn't accept that, Bill. Anyway, that other voice you heard is our special guest for this episode, where we'll be talking about Gemini Man, new film by Ang Lee, uh, starring Will Smith. It's Connor O'Donnell. Hi, everybody. What is up? Not much, not much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. Why don't you tell the folks at home a little bit about yourself as a means of introduction? Uh, well, I uh, I am a, a longtime uh, collaborator on the film stage. I am the producer of the uh, the spinoff podcast, The B-Side, hosted by uh, film stage co-creator Dan Mecca. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what we've been keeping ourselves busy with for the past uh, year and a half or so. Um I swing by here every once in a while, and uh, yeah. I was on that talking about Colin Farrell. Yes, yeah, that's that's one of my personal favorites, actually. Oh, well, yeah. make sure to tell everyone else who's ever been on it that you said that. Yeah, thanks, Connor. <laughs> Glad I came look, on. <laughs> look, Pierce Brosnan is great, Michael. Pierce Brosnan's great, but he's no Colin Farrell. And Michael <laughs> Snydell is great, but he's no Brian J. Rowan. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's Connor, be... I was wondering what kind of relation you were going to say. I know you went with spinoff, but I'm like, what relation is the B-side to the film stage show? Because you don't want to diminish it. No, no, right. Very much we, in the family. We call it like a sister podcast. We're still okay. sort of in the in the throes of uh, getting things together to to launch our own feed. Um, so that's that's still in the works. But um, you only recently got your own Twitter handle. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll mention this again at the end, but you can follow us at, at TFSB side. So we're not, we're not necessarily big into advertising that just yet. I think we kind of are going to wait until we're, we've got our own channel to kind of really push everything. But, um, we've been doing some fun stuff. We just did, we just did an episode on Will Smith in honor of Gemini man. So that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, we covered basically his more, his more recent stuff that was, uh, you know, did, didn't necessarily go over too well. We did uh, Seven Pounds and After Earth and Focus and Collateral Beauty. 
Wow, so. those are some bangers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely bangers? is that really the word that we want to uh, use? There's there's certainly a word for it. I don't know if it's that. But How come you um, didn't talk about bright or concussion? We we sort of glaze over concussion um, and bright as well because bright was a Netflix movie and by Netflix's numbers, whatever those mystery numbers are, apparently was was well watched. Oh, you know? so it doesn't technically count. As yeah, so we didn't we didn't really talk about that. And then concussion was sort of like a big Oscar play, so we kind of but it like did, we kind failed, of went old, right? Like, yeah, no, we and we talk we do we do talk about it a little bit. We even kind of take a quick pit stop by uh, Winter's Tale. Winter's Tale, which is kind of fun. uh, Speaking of Colin Farrell, but um, but that also that movie is sort of like such a famous debacle kind of that we elected not to talk about that either. But um, there have been fights in our Patreon Slack channel about what a B side is. We so Dan and I have gotten. I'll be I'll be quick about it. We on the show we've definitely gotten. I mean it's it's loose. We keep it fast and loose, but it is. You know, anything I think uh, that was either, you know, critically reviled um, or and or a box office failure. Right. Or some combination of the two. So, like, if something was sort of underseen, but maybe got like somebody an Oscar nomination or something, we won't really talk about it because that's like in some respect, the movie was a little bit of uh, of a highlight. Uh, and then the other part of that equation is just a B side is whatever Dan and I want it to be based on what we want to talk about. But um, are there C sides then? Like is Hancock is that a B side or a C side? No, Hancock. Hancock's an A That's side. A total A sure. side. Wow, That's, that was a huge. Okay. That was a huge hit. Yeah, I would say no, but I would say like like Winter's Tale you could call like a C side because okay. for Will Smith because it's like a cameo, but it's also just this like insane thing that maybe deserves right, like- to be. Why is but, he even in there? <laughs> yeah, a B-side is more like maybe the people in play, whether it's the directors or the actors or whatever, were like, oh, this feels like it might work. And then it just didn't for like one reason or another. I um, will say that uh, I really loved Seven Pounds when I saw it when it first came out. I don't know, 2007 or something. <laughs> so we say this on the on the pod, but uh, one thing I realized rewatching Seven Pounds is it actually might be Rosario Dawson's best performance. Um I don't really you give like her respect in Warcraft. No, wait, I don't. No. <laughs> wait, no. She's not in Warcraft. No. Oh, no. That's Paula Patton, you oh, friggin' no. racist. Oh, no. I did that. Damn it. <laughs> I'm going to rack that back one. Take, take that again. You want to try again, Bill? What's up? <laughs> Just don't mention it at all. Let's keep going. <laughs> Uh, no, but, but she, um, she's actually, that movie's kind of, I think kind of a debacle, but she is pretty good in it. Um, yeah. Anyway, we're yeah, here to talk about, you know, Gemini. Smith times two. Yeah, I know. Double the Smith, double your fun. Smith times one with a, with a shadow, we will say. Well, okay, we'll get boy. it. Too. Uh, before all we right. do that though, we gotta, we gotta do all the other stuff we haven't done yet, which is like. You can find us on Twitter at Film Stage Show, Facebook, oh, yeah, The Film Stage Show. Find us on iTunes, give us a comment and rating, email us, podcast at filmstage.com. And um, I think that's about that for that. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash the film stage show to donate as little as $1 an episode and become a patron, where you can get access to our Slack channel and, of course, first crack at all of our movie raffles. In addition to that, 
We are brought to you by Mubi, the online streaming cinema, where every day their curators bring you a brand new film to watch and enjoy. It's Dario Argento's Bloody October, and that means that Inferno is on there. Uh, If you listen to our episode released just technically today as we're recording, but probably yesterday by the time this actually comes out. Um, Inferno is one of the Three Mothers trilogy that Dario Jenner did. It's a giallo masterpiece. This one, however, taking place in New York. What else have we got? <laughs> I just still love the name Death Laid an Egg. <laughs> oh, man. So let's talk about Death Laid an Egg. Synopsis according to Mubi. A love triangle develops between three people who run a high-tech chicken farm. It involves Anna, who owns the farm, her husband Marco, who seemingly kills sex workers in his spare time, and Gabriella, the beautiful secretary. Oh. (laughs) Can you not want to watch that? It's by the same director. Michael, I love that your reaction is just, oh. How about that? Like, like, oh, that changes everything. (laughs) You you had me at chicken farms, but then all of a sudden you're talking about a man who seemingly kills sex workers in his spare time. Doesn't make a habit of it, just whenever he's got a couple minutes to spare. <laughs> this part such, of their... I, don't, I don't want to get pegged down as the sex worker killer. You know? Yeah, precisely. That's, that's just such an oddly like prevalent theme in Jalos. Like, There's also My Vice is a Locked Room. Oh, God, what's the rest of it? My Vice is a locked room also has someone who kills sex workers for fun. Like, it's, like, bizarrely a thing that's in quite a few jollos. Yeah, because you're just like, how how do I, you know, I need a a beautiful woman who was willing to get naked, probably a sex worker. And I also need to murder her. Oh, anyway, if any of these sound interesting to you, uh, you can go to mubi.com slash the or slash film stage for a free 30 day trial. Again, that is mubi.com slash film stage for your free 30 day trial of movie. Before we get into our review of Gemini Man, I'm going to give a like, I don't know, two minute long review of El Camino, the yeah. uh, Breaking Bad sequel spinoff movie that dropped on Netflix on Friday. Uh, so for the next two-ish minutes, just be aware Breaking Bad spoilers are coming. <laughs> so this movie, <clears throat> I don't know. There's people out there who probably care. Sure, sure. Yeah. So here they go. Here we begin. This movie takes place immediately after Walter White kills a bunch of neo-Nazis and frees Jesse Pinkman from his meth prison and um, picks up with Jesse driving away, trying to get out. Uh, he, the entire movie is concerned with his attempt to escape Albuquerque. And this is a slow, methodical movie that should appeal to fans of Breaking Bad, both in its visual style and in its pacing. It's, it's a great is it op- Gilligan who directed. Yeah, it's a uh, Gilligan who directed it. Okay. He also wrote it. It's actually funny because he's got two writing credits because he's got the writing credit for the screenplay, but then also based on Breaking Bad by Vince Gilligan. (laughs) So, you know, Hollywood's a weird place. Sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's got to share credit with himself. Um, So, yeah, it's this movie is a lot of fun. I will say as a person who loves Breaking Bad and uh, Better Call Saul, I think it's fun to kind of get to go back and actually like get this information filled in because I remember 
upon seeing it, people were just like, well, yeah, but what the fuck happened to Jesse? Because <laughs> he's just driving away screaming and people are like, yeah, just imagine that he just screamed all the way to Idaho and is safe now. I was like, the mm-hmm. odds of that happening are very slim. So it's it's good to see him. Uh, I, I like Aaron Paul as an actor. Um, and so it's really great to see him in this, taking Jesse back. And playing him to a T as though he'd never left. Getting to see some of our old favorites like Badger and Skinny Pete and Mike in a flashback. As well as uh, some other old favorites who I don't really want to spoil how much of a part they have in this movie. Is the person who just passed, is is that a, is he a big part of this movie? He is, yes. Interesting. Okay. Yes. So the movie, it, it touches on a lot of stuff. I've heard some people call it fan service, but like... I don't know what fan service is anymore. When I was first introduced to the term <laughs> fan service, it was literally during an episode of an anime that a friend was making me watch that took place outside of the continuity of the actual show and involved a lot of upskirt shots. And I said, what is happening? And he's like, oh, this is like a fan service episode, which is like literally an excuse for fans to masturbate over the things that they love. This show or this movie that is related to this show actually i think follows a lot of logic and doesn't strike me as fan service it does strike me as fan service insofar as it's like we really want to know what happened to jesse and they're like okay fine we'll tell you but i think that it just allows for him to get the ending that he deserves i find it to be you know pretty damn thrilling and i i found it to be really quite moving in places someone on our slack channel brought up the fact that he thought one of the reasons that this was a worthy like piece of of cinema to watch if you if you liked breaking bad was because of the way that it kind of juxtaposes against walter's attempts to get out and upon him saying that i was like oh shit that's a really fantastic point um it was uh, we, yeah in the series we definitely do follow walter's attempts much yeah. more than jesse's right yes Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the whole thing is like Jesse towards the end of the series gets like literally shunted off into a pit and is not really seen that much. And it's just interesting because Walter has to like cajole and threaten people to get what he wants. But Jesse is is a figure such that he actually has like friends and people who care about him. And so that was Jason P in our Slack channel just to give him a shout out um, that he really hit the nail on the head. I, I like that this is not like a. It's not like he gets out and immediately like gets to work at the carnival on the cotton candy machine, but it is a a nice send off for the character of Jesse. What bakery franchise does he end up working at? <laughs> Annie Ann's pretzels. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, that sounds interesting. I full disclosure, I really wanted to get to it this weekend and also weigh in, but uh, I just didn't make the time. So yeah, yeah. that's on me. When we were talking about this, you know, there were a couple of questions y'all wanted me to answer. Michael wanted me to answer if it was like, what was what was your term? Like uh, superfluous. Is right. The one superfluous. I don't find it to be superfluous. I actually think that in a lot of ways <laughs> it it more clearly pays off what they were trying to do with the character of Jesse. But they had to kind of like take a step back to really like deliver Walter's sure. end. And um, Jesse was my favorite character. And I think like kind of the soul, the embattled <laughs> wounded soul of the show. And uh, I thought it was really great to actually get to see what happens to him. Uh, Bill, you'd asked if it was worth going out to see. Literally, you can (laughs) stay on your couch and see it. I think that it's free. It's like two hours long. 
And um, it's definitely worth it. If you're a fan of Breaking Bad, I don't know why you wouldn't be happy to have this little more going on. Um, nice. Yeah. And uh, I will say, though, as happens with like every time that I, we, we review a movie that's on Netflix, I'm always like number one guy who they should be pitching this shit towards. And I had to full on type out the entire name of this movie to find it in this search. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. I opened, I, I even tweeted about it. I was like, you know, I have binged Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul numerous times. I am the perfect viewer to pitch El Camino to. And I opened the the Netflix app on my smart TV and was immediately given Fractured, starring Sam Worthington. So that's bizarre. I mean, yeah, because you would, you're, you like are the algorithm. Right. You like are the exact, <laughs> the exact human. But this happens so often that I like really question if Netflix is smart at all. <laughs> like, like every time one of my, the shows that I like from them has a new season, I gotta like go out of my way to get it. Like I'm one of the shadow legion of people who really enjoys Ozark. And when Ozark season two came out, I had literally just re-binged Ozark so I could be ready for season two, and it was nowhere to be found. You had to you had to get like a full O Z A R into the search before yeah. it uh, popped up. Because it, it it's one of those things where I don't even know why it pitches me some of the stuff that it's pitching me. Like it like uh, it'll show me a show that doesn't even have O Z A in the title. <laughs> The same thing happened with Velvet Buzzsaw. I had to type out the entire word, the words Velvet Buzzsaw. I remember that. Yeah, because I remember that because I I remember in the same weekend I watched Velvet Buzzsaw and High Flying Bird. And I had to, uh, yeah, I had to search for both of them. And I was like, why wouldn't you just, you know. Put it right there. It's your movie. Like right. it should be. It or should be just, right there. Like I, I even tried saying, like maybe if I just scroll down, it'll show me it eventually. Like you'd think that they would have a single pane that was like new on Netflix today. You might uh-huh. be looking for this, but nope. I had to. I remember. I think I recorded audio of me narrating my attempt to watch Velvet Velvet Buzzsaw, <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't. It didn't go well. <laughs> but that's El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. I don't know why it has that that subtitle to it, but uh, I guess it kind of needs it. Just reminds me of a uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I mean, yeah. Like, I, I, I imagine if I just heard El Camino, frankly, I might just it, it would sound like nothing. Yeah, you're like, what? Is, what does this have to do with? Like, they just put it in there because anybody who describes it to their friends is going to say that it's the Breaking Bad movie anyway. <laughs> That's so. true. They're getting ahead of the curve. Yeah. So that's uh, El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. It is on Netflix if you can find it. And uh, I think it's worth your two hours if you're a fan of Breaking Bad. Now, if you haven't seen Breaking Bad, don't watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people say like, oh, you know, it's a movie, but it doesn't matter if I haven't seen the show. And it's like, well, yeah, that's not technically a knock against it. <sighs> All right. So that's that. Now, at long last... We can get into our feature review. That is Gemini Man, the brand new movie starring Will Smith, directed by Ang Lee. This movie written by three different people. David Benioff of uh, Game of Thrones, Billy Ray, and Darren Lemke. Here is the trailer. When I saw him, it was like I was seeing a ghost.
every trigger I've ever pulled. How'd he start you? Hunting birds, rabbit. I'm guessing 19. All right. That is the trailer for Gemini, man. It's out in theaters now. Uh, many theaters in many different formats. This movie is about a retiring government agent who is suddenly hunted by a younger clone of himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's, that yeah, just I mean, that's... still feels like a spoiler to me, even though it's the centerpiece of this entire movie. So I don't that, know. That trailer to the scene, like that's a pretty late scene. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just saying, like... We will yeah, we will talk about how like, long it takes for the movie to catch up to its log line, I am sure, as yeah. we talk about this. This movie is filmed in 3D, and uh, it was originally filmed 4K, 3D, 120 frames per second. Before we get... Were you buzzing me, Bill? I'm buzzing movie theaters across the United States. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was going to say, us... I, was, I was like, that was correct. That... Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, no American currently present in America is able to see it in that format. So before we begin, I just want to, I want to run down. You should specify why real quick. What was that? You should specify why. It's either 120 it's, so that's or the Yeah. 4K. So it's, it's 122K 3D yes. or 60 2K 3D or 24 2D. No, but I thought there is, there's an, I thought there's 64K as well. (laughs) I don't don't think so. Um, I'm pretty sure it's all, any high frame rate in the United States is 2K. Okay. I just saw something that said it's 120 or 4K, but that might be my mistake. Either way, you made the clarification. Well, here's the problem. Sure. Just knowing how to see this movie is real difficult. It is. There are we, 14 theaters that are we playing took it a in one place. whole play. goddamn day to figure out where you sure. can even see this movie, the closest to its original format. Um, yeah. So, Michael Snydell, you saw this 3D 120. I did. I saw this 3D 60. Uh, Bill Graham, how did you see this? <laughs> oh, boy. 2D, baby. All right. Old school. And, uh, Connor, what about yourself? I saw it yeah, 3D120. Okay. All right, great. So we got a we got a we got a whole spectrum here. <laughs> it's um, I, No, this is good. I'm glad we got this actually. Yeah, no, I think I think this is going to be the worst podcast ever. Oh, <laughs> Beca- thanks. Thanks because guys. <laughs> it's just going to be like it I feel as though we've seen like the movie, but like it's almost <laughs> as though we've all seen a different movie and we're just going to be shouting about what the differences are and people at home may have no fucking concept of what we're talking about. So sure. Very quickly, a normal film is two dimensional and runs at 24 frames per second. All right. This already rules. This movie can be seen in the third dimension, which you may have seen in other movies, but is also at a higher frame rate, which is supposed to lend clarity and tactility and reality um, which is a problem when you're shooting a movie because everything you're doing is fake. Um, but we'll talk about it. Just know that if you saw The Hobbit uh, when it was out, it was in oh, 48 God. frames per second. Yeah. yeah. 
I would say that's the last high profile. That was, one. that was nightmare fuel, but also that movie was three hours, so you know what that does to me. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, I think <sighs> I, I bring this up every time we talk about the Hobbit. The only episode where Jordan has ever come back to me with an editorial note, and it was you have to stop cursing that much. <laughs> Oh, there, there is a 12 minute introduction of all the fucking hobbits so you know or all the they're d- no gnomes uh, no gnomes no, no dwarves. not gnomes dwarves, dwarves. yeah dwarves. who cares <laughs> so let's let's talk about let's talk about gemini man let's start with our guest connor o'donnell you saw this movie 120 3d what did you think of gemini man uh i really liked it I was sort of like, I just kind of, I frankly, like, and I don't know if this, cause also, this is also cause like the bar was generally low. Like I was anticipating, I was anticipating this movie, but more so out of a curiosity, you know, like, um, it's, you know, huge movie star who hasn't had a movie like this in a while, like a very long time, seemingly, uh, over I guess over 10 years at this point, because the last one, I guess you could say was Hancock. If you don't count men in black three, because it was a sequel, you know, mm-hmm. um, and all of his other sort of high profile, big budget output, um, were either, you know, part of larger franchises or, or, or what have you. If, if um, people are confused, then after Earth, he basically just sits prone in in a spaceship. Yeah, it's not. He, so he's, he's not. He's not exactly very action oriented at that. Yeah, movie. yeah. This th- this feels, and I mean, again, it depends on how you think about it. But this to me feels like the first like Will Smith like action blockbuster in sure of, in a very 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 long time and, right? and very soon we're gonna get bad boys three right so right right yeah yeah and again it, technically you have men in black three in there which i actually don't even really hate as much as did people hate men in black three where do people stand on that i remember actually kind of liking that movie i think that I, like, it, was, it was fun i do too i don't know if that's just because men in black two the bar was just like so yeah super low it's possible i remember kind of liking it too but but regardless it had heart it it, it and most yeah, of those yeah, movies totally. don't even bother trying for that yeah and i i think um i i think though that was just that still felt like kind of a him on his heels a little bit trying to sort of like maintain you know I, that's something that actually dan and i talk about on the will smith b-side is just the if you look at the latter half of his career, watching Will Smith try and navigate 21st century movie stardom is kind of a fascinating thing. Um, and I think something like this movie was extremely um, I don't know. I Like I said, the, the trailer didn't necessarily fill me with a lot of hope, but I was uh, I was curious and. Again, I don't know if it's just because the bar was so low, but when I left the theater, I just kind of thought to myself, like, I don't know what more people want. You know, like if you're someone like me where you see all of these uh, all of these IP based movies that come out, you know, Marvel movies, DC movies, whichever, um, and you find yourself hungering for like big budget uh, entertainment with like, you know, some real star power behind it that's like directed by interesting filmmakers um, I don't know. I, I don't think, I don't think this movie could have given me 
anything else really within reason. Like I do think the script has problems. Um, but generally speaking as an experience, uh, watching a blockbuster, I was, uh, I was really enamored by it. All right, Bill Graham. Yeah, I did uh, not dig this movie. This is uh, this is not a good movie. Um, quickly, just to kind of give some backstory, uh, this film has been in production for quite a while. In fact, at originally, some of the names bandied about were uh, Chris O'Donnell among uh, among some names. Uh, that's how far back it goes back. Uh, John Voight, holy shit. Uh, Sean Connery. So, you know, uh, this this film has definitely had its uh, production nightmares over the years. Um, I don't think this would have ever been a possibility until now and arguably still is not a possibility. Um, <laughs> I think I think I, I really like Ang Lee. I like his output. I think he's one of the most interesting directors, you know, on the Slack channel when we mentioned this movie, none of us were necessarily excited to see it as a movie, but we were all excited because of Ang Lee, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's going to garner a certain amount of people that are just going to show up to watch because he's, he's a fucking madman. Like he doesn't get the credit that James Cameron and some of these others get, but he's a fucking madman and he's become obsessed with technology and like what is going to be cutting edge um so much so that he's so far ahead of even american distribution that he's just like well fuck y'all like y'all can't even show my movie the way it was meant to be seen so um but i don't know if that gives very much hope for anybody watching this on like a regular television like in five years, like God help them. They're going to be like, what the fuck? Like, why, why is this movie so weird? Um, I do not think the whole 3d let's just like not even bother using a stunt double idea works at all. Um, and I, I cringe wondering who people are like interacting with when they're interacting with the, uh, with the clone. Um, but overall, I found that this film just needs a complete breakdown of the plot. Um, scrap the script, restart. Let's let's do it all over. Uh, quit rewriting it because clearly there's been a lot of hands all over this film, of you know over its numerous decades. But um, no, I. I just think this film doesn't work very much. Um, I think the lead performance from Will Smith is actually pretty decent. I like him a lot. Um, look, he's he's a very charismatic actor, and I I, I enjoy the shit out of uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Benedict Wong. Um, Clive Owen's definitely doing a thing that I'm not necessarily enjoying, but you know he is what he is in this film. Um, I think some of the action stuff is interesting. And then I keep thinking like, is any of this real? And I was, I was real confused about all of that. And when you start wondering if any of this is real, you know, you've, you've kind of gone off the deep end. Um, yeah. I, I just wish there was a better script 
to kind of nail down this film. Um, there's there's kind of a sequence, a showdown uh, in the middle that's more verbal uh, between the two quote-unquote Will Smiths that I really enjoyed. Um, but other than that, I I didn't think this movie worked very well. All right, Mike Snydell. Yeah, I mean, I think as I think as Brian is mentioning, like it, we are going to have individually different experiences here. Like I, I will say that the one twenty three D I saw is one of the best big budget experiences I've had in years. But that does not at all excuse this script. Like I'm not going <laughs> to fight you guys on. I'm not going to fight you guys on that at all. I, I think ba- that there I basically are, agree with that. I, I think there are some things that paradoxically work the more it leans into the uncanny valley. Like I, I let, let me put it this way. This is not the same. Like I, and I want to be clear, this is not the same as motion smoothing, but that is another form of higher frame rates. Mm-hmm. And something I hated about that was that there, it felt like a phantom camera to me, whether I was watching the office, whether I was seeing something from sports or God forbid was having to watch a movie. Mm-hmm. I never felt a sense of a camera. I never felt a sense of direction. I never like it, I could be watching the most tourist work, you know, the most formally expansive thing possible, you know, something like Peter Jackson and it would feel entirely flat. And this experience, like, I was mesmerized from the first frame. There's a, there's a frame, uh, or sorry, there's a uh, shot that uh, looks head on a bullet train from the side. And it does kind of a vantage point in, in the middle. Right, it's and like a fish just, eye lens. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes, it, yes, it, it is a fisheye lens, but the way that it works, the way that this film plays with background and foreground, and I'm almost sure that it plays different in 60 and 2D, was something that continually just like bowled me over. Um, and, and that was partly like I was in a, a theater where my seat it i wasn't in one of those 4d ones but my seat fucking rumbled when you know when a gatling gun starts going or a sniper rifle is shot like you felt that in your seat like there's a there's a sequence with uh water in this that like the way it plays with foreground and background was just amazing to me And, and and i think it's partly fascinating to actually have a decent amount of experience with uh vr i have a playstation vr so i've um i played around with it a lot and it's kind of interesting one of the things i show people who've never done it before uh is this kind of under is is that is that after you move around all your furniture so they don't like trip over something i have never moved around my furniture i have never had a problem with the tracking or the tracking is not perfect, but I've never, it's not, it's not nearly as bad. I I live in a high rise apartment in Chicago, one bedroom. Small. Yeah. I live in a small apartment and I've never had a problem. So like, I I just like, that's never been a problem, but I want to say there's an experience that we often show people, which is uh, deep sea diving in a shark cage. And, and it's, it's great. It's great until you realize 
while you're scared. Can I ask you scared, a quick question, Michael? Sure. Is that part of the v, uh, the Discovery channel, like the Discovery VR? No. Oh, it is not. No, the, the, uh, com- the company I work for, we did uh, we did some VR videos of deep sea diving in a shark cage for Discovery. That's the only reason I, <laughs> I mentioned that. But, no, that's uh, cool <laughs> Anyway, anyway, go on. Sorry. No, but so I think I think it's a great like small compact experience that you're always constantly aware that you're out of because as soon as you get scared, as soon as a shark comes, you know, you wave your arm around and. Hey, wouldn't you know the pole you're trying to grab onto? It doesn't exist. And I think this felt like the next evolution to that idea in the ways that it's playing with background and foreground. And, and Ang Lee and Dion Beeb, who I think is really a pretty underrated cinematographer who really brings a lot of grit to Michael Bay films of all uh, of all things uh, amongst a number of other films but he he, i think he's also done some stuff from man can anyone confirm that i can look it up on uh imdb while you keep talking i sorry i am almost at the end i promise um my point being though is that i okay that's what it is thank you thank you connor um yeah so like that film looks ah collateral's fucking great um I think also Miami Vice as well. He's done a oh, fair couple. Well, it, it also mentions that he used high-speed digital video yeah. on that. So that's interesting. Yeah. So, so like, I see I, I, Collateral and Miami Vice, yes. Okay. I, I knew it was And Gangster Squad. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I, I'm not going to stand up for that one. But, you know. <laughs> Edge of Tomorrow. Okay. Edge of Tomorrow is the looks snowman. great, man. I didn't see that one. Mary Poppins Returns. Hell yeah. All just all the good <laughs> ones. <laughs> Anyways, my point being, though, is that I think it, it makes even more sense to me that people who aren't experiencing it in 120, like it's a privilege. <laughs> like it was expensive. It's a privilege. I was in one of the 14 theaters that show it this way. How much was it? It was 23 three dollars interesting Bill, how much was your 2d showing <laughs> well i didn't pay for a ticket so um and you you don't <laughs> you know <bastard. laughs> did you just, yeah. just walk in no i i have a alamo press pass so oh um, okay yeah because my I, 60 I was fruit. 20 dollars interesting so yours is 23 so i could have doubled the frames for only three dollars more <laughs> they didn't give you the option to supersize two, two times no. the movie for just three more dollars <laughs> but i i think you're, last... you're yeah you're missing half of the frames brian you should you should demand a refund you should be like this is bullshit where's, the difference is they still frames? play it at 60 so the movie is twice as long <laughs> <laughs> All right. So at the end of my thoughts are like, I, I have no doubt that we had different experiences and that's bullshit. But like, also, there were a number of things in this film that I think are incredibly enhanced by that artificiality we've been talking about. I, I think that 
I, I didn't have a problem with uh, the shadow of it with Junior. I really didn't. Um, I, I think that it works as a really fascinating star study, which Connor like alluded to a little bit earlier, is that like this works as a way to think about Will Smith as an action hero, to think about him also in the weird way that sometimes he's kind of sexless. Like there's this like the fact that this character is like is almost uh, virginal in his ex- lack of experience of life and stuff. It is, I think it's fascinating. No spoilers, but it is it is inferred that he might legitimately be a virgin. I know, I know. It's it's yeah. They sort of glaze over it very quickly in a way that you're like, oh, oh, okay. And all of these things were so fascinating. And weird to me that, like, I was honestly mesmerized by this movie. And Bill's right. Five years from now, if I tried to watch this on, I don't know, this this screams FX to me, if FX still exists. I mean, Uh, FX does have the movies. Yes, that's true. Like, I'm going to be like, what the fuck is this shit? But as far as this singular experience, I had a great time. Okay, this movie's fucking terrible. Um, it's uh, so no, the, the worst part is that no one's going to fight me on the script thing. I wish that we had someone here who legitimately loved I'll this. Fight you. I'll fight you a little bit on it. Is that, would that make you happy? Yeah, I, I appreciate okay. that. You don't even cool. have to believe it. Yeah, sure. All right, great. Just devil's advocate <laughs> all over the place. Yeah, this movie sure, is, I will. this movie's dumb. This movie's real bad. The, like, I'm just going to start with the movie before I get into the visual experience of actually watching it. It's just... It's not even, it's not a good riff on the usual Bourne-esque, like, hey, this guy, his government's decided he's not good for them anymore. They're going to try to kill him and he's got a jet set around the globe. There's like very little intrigue that he, he is able to move with a freedom that is baffling to me. You never feel like he's being hunted. You never feel like he's under any danger. And the, the the whole concept behind it, the whole idea is just so dumb. And adding in this cloning subplot could be super interesting, except for the fact that, like, he's lived an extremely boring life, and his clone has also lived an extremely boring life. And so there's no opportunity to really dig in. Like, he doesn't get a chance to look back and say, like, God, I could have done everything different. And this clone doesn't have a chance to say, man, like, I might become this. Because they're, they're just both robots. Who... Is that not... It, sorry, keep going. No, no, please go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and not to jump like too far ahead, but that sort of verbal back and forth that Bill mentioned before, is that not what that scene is, though, in the I catacombs? I think that it is. It's like, he, he's basically saying like, and this also gets down to the concept of like, how much of your personality is determined strictly by genetics. And, um... And he's just like, I know all this stuff about you. And the clone is like, whatever, old man, you're not me, even though you clearly look very much a lot like <laughs> me. Uh, it's it's just weird. It's I feel like they don't do enough with it because he's so very much not a character. Um, Will Smith, uh, Henry, Henry Brogan, Brogan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and meanwhile, Junior is also like very much not a character. Like, I don't I don't know if Junior went to like public school or if he was just raised in complete isolation by Clive Owen. I don't know if he's ever been out in society before. 
You know, it was just like there's such a void where these people should be characters to actually make this clone subplot meaningful. But that is a character, Brian. Like you might not like that, but the the possibility that they haven't lived lives is a major thematic element. Right. But I think that it doesn't explore that enough to make it, in my mind, as much of a thematic elephant as uh, elephant. God damn it. (laughs) Elephant as it wants to be. I'm just being semantic like that is that is a character. Right. I think it is a poor choice for a compelling story, though. Yeah, that's fine. And uh, this is like the fifth time in a row that I've said this on a podcast. I don't want to be the guy who's like, if I were to write this movie, this is how I would have done it. But I think introducing us to this world through the eyes of Henry is a mistake. I think this would be a much more interesting story if it was from Junior's point of view entirely. I think where it's like a where it's like a reverse and like you're following this young buck hitman who's really good at killing people. And then he realizes there's an older version of himself. Yeah, that that, that sounds familiar, Brian. Is that that a movie? I I don't know. Is is that like a movie? Oh, God. It's with like Bruce Willis and uh, (laughs) rhymes with slooper. It's uh, yeah, looper. (laughs) Here's the okay. Now, this is going to be the 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 elephant, the thematic elephant in the room. Uh, call back to my own verbal slip up. I'm on fire tonight. Are we now at a point where we as a society are going to refuse to accept two different actors playing two different people at two different stages in their life? That's a fair that's a fair question. So, um like, I do are you about to talk about the Irishman? Uh no, actually I was gonna bring up something that I believe you and Michael had said. Oh, okay, because it is something I was thinking about when, like, all of the stuff with the Irishman was being tossed about, like, when they first revealed that they were doing de-aging and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's That I kind of agree with uh, in terms of it being, like, you know, we can just also cast other people. Right. Uh, I think, obviously, <laughs> that doesn't work. And say what you will about the, the, the you know, the concept of the movie or whatever or trying to start from scratch with it but if you're working with this concept in this movie that doesn't work you need the same i feel like you need the same actor well here's the thing you you and michael had both kind of said this is an interesting kind of star profile of will smith action star looking at younger will smith action star i think the movie becomes infinitely more deep if you cast like michael b jordan as junior because then you legitimately have the guy who's vying for title of new Will Smith trying to kill Will Smith and take sure. his place. Like, I think that having this CGI creature play his clone because it's not mocap. They've been very clear. This is not a mocap sure. performance. This is a fully mm-hmm. CGI character. Which drives me bananas. And. Yeah. Yeah, there's a reason that he is mostly seen either moving very quickly in the daytime or purely in shadows. But I think that I think that you lose a lot by having him be CG. Like uh, he he is capable. I'm talking about him like he's some sort of space alien. He's capable <laughs> of approximating some very real human emotion during a scene where he's talking to Clive Owen, who I will disagree with Bill. I feel like is not doing anything in this movie. Um, I don't think he's nearly weird enough to be shadowy government official. I, I, I agree. I, I think he also needs to be uh, – and it's it sucks because it's not like this isn't a performance that Clive Owen is capable of. But I wish that um, 
I wish that it was like, well, he, he, he'd be too old, I guess, but I wish it was like William Hurt or like somebody who has like this, like a fatherly ten- tenderness to him. I feel like John Voight's too creepy. But like somebody, somebody who like could maybe be your dad, but like Clive Owen to me, I think especially in his more recent career immediately rings as like evil. Yeah. You know, I think John Hurt um, would have been interesting, but he's passed. Sadly. Yeah. Un- yeah. Un- well, un- they could have created him. No, that's true, Bill. They could have. That's I, yeah. at this point. They could have um, deep faked him. <laughs> but I, I, I do want to defend myself real quick. I I was saying that Clive Owen is going for something, not necessarily achieving that something. But I don't yeah, even think I, he's I kind of agree I kind of agree with that. Like I don't necessarily think he's completely asleep at the wheel. Um I just I there's also like there's the scene with him and Junior in the bedroom where like you kind of are, I think, supposed to be given a glimpse into like uh what is his name? Varus. At Clay Varus, Clay as Varus. A, uh, which like it's I, 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 granted in the grand scheme of like broad 1997 action movie script bad guy names. I like that name, <laughs> but it is one. just it is like that dude's a bad guy. Like that but dude, I think that, just, you know, if you've got a name, a if you got a name like Clay Varus, then your corporation has to be called like Varus Tech or something, you know, something. Yeah, sure. Not Gemini. <laughs> I will say to random thing that I just kind of picked up while watching the movie why does Gemini have like branding on their stuff? <laughs> right. It's like the, the, the I say this as yeah. someone who, who likes the movie and for anybody listening, I, I wrote a review of it. I gave it like one of the three positive reviews that exists. Um, <laughs> so if you want me to dive into that, you can go read that. So here I'll may, maybe play devil's advocate to Brian Roan a little bit, but yeah, like they brand shit. Like, shouldn't everything just be like jet black with no marking on it if there's I, supposed to be some kind of like hyper secret organization? Blackwater has like branding, doesn't it? Like, I, I the branding is weirdly not one of my issues with it because I it is it is weird though that when they send this clone out to murder this guy, they give him a branded baseball cap. Like, general branding i can kind of understand but like maybe don't give him a a branded baseball cap when he's going to kill someone maybe that's the point where you you remove the labels you know save the branding for the job fair (laughs) uh what was i gonna say so this movie's real dumb um i the, the like i said the characters are are shallow and that's kind of an insult to shallow characters and i i just found like a complete and utter lack of tension, a complete and utter lack of interest, a complete and utter lack of like using this for any kind of bigger thematic concern. I think, you know, it would make more sense to have another actual young actor playing his clone and just show us a picture of him as a kid. And then we can be like, oh, my God. And, you know, it's it's movies. We accept shit that is impossible in movies all the time. Yes, we know what Will Smith looked like as a kid. Doesn't matter if you tell me <laughs> that another person is him as a person as a child or like a 20 year old i'll just believe you because guess what mary elizabeth winstead isn't a dia agent named danny zakharovsky but i believe that Mm -hmm. because the movie tells me that it is so what are your thoughts on the uh on the makeup in looper i'm fine with it it's like it's i i understand it to a point i don't think it's completely necessary but like you should try to have like at least the same color eyes or something. And I, I found that he, uh, that it worked. I actually watched Looper like two days ago because we brought it up for in the shadow of the moon. And then I saw Gemini man 
And I was like, you know, it's just like, why can't we do that? Like, why can't, if you need him to have a certain kind of, I don't know, like, what are some of Will Smith's most defining features? Like his ears, maybe his ears, his brow, you know, like if you need to like change the hairline or something like do that, you know, give me that one thing where I can be like, Oh, that's him as a kid. That makes sense. Like, but like, I don't think we need this CGI thing. And, and the fact that it is a composite, not real thing mm-hmm. bleeds out the humanity that should be inherent in this clone. I don't. I, can I ask you a question? Yes, I would love it. What do you What do you think of Zoe Zaldana's performance in Avatar? I don't like Avatar. Okay, okay. That's yeah. I don't love Avatar either. Um, but I certainly accept and appreciate the things that that movie attempts to do even though it doesn't necessarily succeed at everything i would still credit that as a really great performance by zoe zaldana right and And i think that she her best performance is in out of the furnace but um i think that uh that she's good in that like the point where she's crying because they just blew up her tree is really good what about what about like a non-human like uh i mean brian i know you didn't like like hardly any of the planet of the apes films right uh yeah i didn't i didn't enjoy those movies okay and so those are but those are definitely like if if you're looking for a highlight of what this technology can do it's that and then avatar that's the problem is that those are performance capture and this everything that i've read has said is a totally cgi Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying what this technology is capable of, not this particular, but like performance capture and then taking, taking some of the heart and soul out of like the facial features and stuff like that and trying to recreate it on a digital platform. Um, and I, I think, uh, so I, I, uh, heard this little snippet of an AO Scott review, which basically said that this clone is basically, it is a 25 year old who has basically gotten pissed off because everybody keeps telling him he looks a lot like Will Smith. (laughs) So not quite Will Smith, but definitely looks like Will Smith. Right. It's it's, it's also not, it's not exactly enough Will Smith as a 25 year old to like mm-hmm. work in that uh, way. Can I, can but, I say something to, real quick? Cause I, I want to ask Connor this cause I want to sure. see, I, I'm very curious whether we just had a, I think a different experience, Connor. No, and I, I like, to, to, <laughs> like to Brian's point before, and part of this is going to get a little maddening because like when you were describing your thoughts on the movie, Michael, I like basically completely agree. And I do think that so much of my appreciation of what they were able to do with Junior in this movie. Um, I don't know if we've mentioned, but Junior is the name of the uh, of the clone. Yeah. Will Smith. Yes. And um, I, I just writing. I <laughs> just uh, listen, look, we're leaving the script at the door, Bill. We decided that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, but, Connor, I think like what I what I want to say, too, is like. You know, this wasn't just like a it didn't like there are certain parts of this that remind me of a John Wick or something like that choreographed 
feel to it or you know even like a ghost protocol in the sense of watching stunts and i I, yes i know we're saying that obviously about a film that feels artificial can just feel brian getting ready to jump out and say (laughs) that but what what i found more more like fascinating was you know i was already talking about how in tv there's a phantom camera in this the way the shots are articulated and the ways that they are are uh reverberate like the close-ups in this film are some of the most like humane moments even when the dialogue is just fucking terrible like i i I don't know how to communicate that like that's why like i'm hearing what brian is saying about like the soullessness and i i i hear that and I can like compare it to a lot of other films that I've seen, but it's it's just so weird because soulless was like the last ever word I was gonna use for this film. So, yeah, like I, totally I was agree. gonna say pokey, I was gonna say like <laughs> That's a hell of a word. <laughs> okay. I, I was gonna say, but like hollowness is something that I felt in like the script, but never in the performances, never in like dialogue scenes. And, and it's, it's just fascinating to hear this change. And obviously we're not going to, we're going to come to an impasse here. Right. Cause we all saw the, literally we all saw this movie in completely different ways. Right. Right. And it's it's the best possible scenario. Also, like that is the most honest thing we could do. I don't, I don't know about that. Like it, it just is, it's weird to me. Like, like you talked about, like how good this movie looked. This movie looks like hot fucking garbage. It's see, yeah, but ev- every you time, don't know, Brian, you weren't there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like, Maybe that's true. I did only it, technically see half of this movie, and yeah. but like, like that's fucked. Like it really is. Like I'm not going to pretend that's not right. Really and Bill up. saw even less. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a weird thing because there is, and one of the things Michael's mentioned that is like i think super important to seeing and i wrote this in my review like and if you're anybody who's listening if you've still decided to go see the movie i guess uh like seek out where possible the highest frame rate possible like it to me it it works wonders because it just everything's rendered with a clarity and a purposefulness that is i think you know, again, Michael, like you said, when you think of motion smoothing and how off-putting that is, partially that's because when people watch things on motion smoothing that aren't, you know, video games or a football Mm -hmm. game or something. It's compensating. Yeah. yeah, And you're watching it, you're watching it in a way that it's not meant to be seen. Right. But like, I only did such an amazing job with every sort of sequence of this movie in terms of like, he considered all that, right? Like all of that was taken into account when every single frame of this movie was crafted. And so it's, I, it's really weird for me because I keep wanting to interject, but I keep having to stop. Cause I'm like, well, bro, they saw a completely different movie. Like you can't shout yeah, about them talking about how good citizen Kane is when you were forced to watch, like, I don't know, road trip, you know, <laughs> should we just like at the end of this, should we just like draw straws or something for who gets to be right? Or like at the, at the end of all well, this, just, like, I just, it's interesting uh, because dice. it's interesting because this is, this is an avatar error 
in in the display of this film, right? That only 14 films can actually show it even close to the format that it was meant to be seen at that 120 FPS. And so, I mean, I'm just trying to draw back and remember my experience. Like I saw Avatar, I think three times in theaters because like I kept taking people. I was like, you got to see this, but <laughs> not fucking once did we go see it in 2D, right? right. But that's I went also back like to go see it in 3D. If and your I options have not were 3D and 2D, fucking, I have not watched that fucking movie. Had no interest in ever watching that movie again outside of the 3D format in the theatrical experience. Right. It's like, like I when don't. I watched Gravity. It's like you need to see this in 3D. But yeah. the thing is, 3D is widely available. And, and that's what I'm saying, right? That sure. that it is unfortunate that this is only available on 14 theaters in the U.S., even at a partial percentage of of what Angley was intending. So even even the praise that we're getting from from um you know y'all, it's it's even partial of what what it was even intended. It's just I mean, a bunch I of coastal imagine, elites lording themselves. <laughs> I can only imagine how much more bright and poppier this film would be in 4K because more than likely that also means it's going to be in HDR, which also means it's it's going to have a lot more kind of pop to it. It's just going to have a lot more clarity and and you know brighter, more more lush image now, th- to it. Okay, so, but here's yeah. here's my issue. It looks so bad that I cannot imagine seeing more of it making it better. I just it, I, it has to be a bell curve of some kind. I'm also confused as to like what like what your specific examples of that are because again, I could totally understand if you're watching this with maybe a little bit more like blur on it where there's not supposed to be and I would imagine there's probably going to be some digital wonkiness going on there mm-hmm. with the frame rate conversion. But like there are moments um where is it that they go is it uh is it Colombia? Uh, yeah, they go to Cartagena. Columbia. Yeah, Cartagena. Yeah. Um, like some of the like just the buildings and stuff. Like when they're there, like the colors just look wonderful. Like there were certain moments of the movie that I just thought were lovely. Yeah, but they all um, look so fake. Like, did, was it not fake looking in one twenty? I well, here's here's the thing, and this is where we kind of hit the impasse again. Is you're not incorrect, but you're also watching it through this thing that heightens that everything is crafted. You know what I mean? It's the reason it's the reason that junior looks amazing, right? Like to, to somebody who watches it in 120, like, because you are, everything about it has something that feels slightly unnatural. So when you're, when you're, when you're looking at some of say the, uh, 3d muzzle flashes and bullet and sparks from bullets and just like, junior's general existence in the movie it's actually like super super smart on ang lee's part whether it's an intentional decision or not because the 120 frames almost provide a little bit of camouflage for like yeah. all of the shit that you're watching right that's, but that's it, it so, also it's so weird not, I, I have to i just ha- like i keep saying it looks bad and i've never had the opportunity to say why it, it looks like a full motion video video game from the 1990s it's <laughs> awful like the characters are human fucking beings and anytime that the background is out of focus my eyes literally started ping-ponging around the screen freaking out because they couldn't get the background to focus and i thought i had some sort of cancer of the retina and <laughs> it's it when it is clear 
they seem so far removed from the background that it legitimately felt like green screen, even if I was damn sure that they were in the same place. And it's just the colors are poppy. Yeah, but like to an unreal degree that is not fun fairy tale Jalo colors, but more like, oh, shit, someone slipped something in my drink colors. Not only that, <laughs> the extra texture that you get makes the artifice of everything so much more. So like, Bill, you said that the Will Smith seemed to be doing good in this movie. It was a terrible performance. No one in this movie is equipped well by this 60 frames per second because I can almost see the them remembering their lines. I can it almost every time it cut to someone, I could feel an extra half beat where it was like, okay, and action. And then they said their line. But right between action and when they said their line should have been cut. And it wasn't. It was just weird. Their pacing was wrong. Their acting was wrong. The way that they integrated into the backgrounds was wrong. Everything was wrong. It's just wrong. And it's gross. And every time the camera moved, it blurred. And it just looked bad and i can't again i, I feel cannot like conceive that 120 would make it better i i but i feel like some of the stuff you're you're bundling it all up in this like overarching thing where when you say it's just wrong that leaves no room for anything right like there's there's an element here that like will smith fights will smith in an action movie and one of those will smiths is not real Right, that but I can't. Ins- that is insane. Like <laughs> but the I fact can't that that see happened it. is crazy. Right? Like, who is Mary Elizabeth Winstead hugging? Should, ever? should I have said that? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Uh, who who is she? Well, hugging? I guess is it. I mean, now seems like as good a time as any. Is there anything else we want to cover before we go into spoilers? No. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember the score for this movie. I do I know that the, Benedict no, Wong. The Lauren Balfe score is great. Lauren Balfe. Okay, it's I do that, know that Benedict that, yeah. Wong sings I've Got a Woman. That was Benedict, awesome. Okay, I said this in my review. I'll say it here, though. I could watch a cigar-chomping, seaplane-flying Benedict Wong for hours. Yeah, just yes, give me a whole movie yeah. about him. I thought he was great. I I love also like those characters when they're done right, when they pop up in adventure movies. But for whatever reason, him being cast at that as that character, like when he showed up, I was just like – comforted i was but just this, like oh yeah like this feels right it goes into my my whole statement about how little tension or interest i have in this movie or the movie seems to have in itself is that he does he just shows up and he's like i have a lot of money i have a crash pad in cartagena i know where we can get a g5 everything like there's you know <laughs> in the Bourne movies like him getting from city to city was an ordeal and in this movie will smith is traveling on a pj like he's will smith <laughs> It's just weird. The, I just there's I another feel like thing, there's though, a lot I of think, missed opportunities think, for this movie too. I think part of that though stuff. also speaks to Ang Lee as a filmmaker though because the dude loves efficiency. Like <laughs> and I need and, more shoe leather though. Like I need Michael Mann to make this movie or something, you know. I'll say this. I mean it was originally back in I think 97 when it was like first first came about. It was originally in the hands of Tony Scott. Oh, and, oh my god, that would and be here's so the thing. good. I mean, look, look, there's I, I like this version of this movie, so I'm I'm not necessarily going to dive into it too much. But I do think, yeah, like is the is the Tony Scott a la deja vu version of this movie 
probably also awesome. Yes, of course. But that's also because, you know, we're taking one auteur and comparing to them another. Like Tony Scott is also a great auteur, right? With oh, yeah. Like I mean, style and, we and did we did flair. two classic movies on Tony Scott and we we like uniformly were like this man has depths that people don't give him credit for in terms of like really balancing character and feeding it into action. Like there's not a wasted moment in any of his movies that does not in some way inform the characters. True romance is a piece of shit, but I will agree with that. Otherwise, I mean, what we were talking about unstoppable and um, unstoppable is yeah, it's unimpeachable. I thought you sung unstoppable, like unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Unstoppable. Unstoppable. It's a train, damn it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, and I feel like Ang Lee, this movie 100% has that thing that I hate in action movies where it's like everyone puts down their coffee, stands up and says, now it's time for the action scene. That's and then it's just so weird, Brian. Like, that's not at all yeah, what I, I just I, yeah. I like. I felt a constant a continuity to these performances oh that was being able to see the micro expressions that was being able to like, I, I, I think, I, I think Will Smith is fine in this movie. I, I think he's too stolid for the film's own good in trying to get across something that's not quite there as much as I want it to be there. But like, I think that, it's interesting nonetheless that these things you're talking about blurriness and things like that is like the clarity is what I was constantly focused on. Like yeah. the way that Chrome looks, the way I, I know, I, I know you guys probably had a totally different experience, but there's a <laughs> fight scene that is lit entirely by Mary Elizabeth Winstead's gun light. Right. That, that probably that saved them $30 million. That I could, I could watch, I could see Every single movement I could see every, uh, you know, takedown and and that scene was like riveting to me. Mm. Like there is there's a moment in that scene um, and it's not really spoiler. It's Will Smith fighting Will Smith, as we've said. But there's a moment where they're both basically stiff arming each other. Yeah. <laughs> and I turned to my fiance and I just kind of leaned and I was like, I think. I love this movie. Like that was the moment that I was like, I think I love like, this is amazing. Yeah. But see the problem with horrible bosses is, you know, that I think they don't spend enough time <laughs> together. You know, I think that they have to gang up and get all the bosses together. You know, going one-on-one -on -one is just a kind of a waste of screen time for most of those actors. Because we're clearly just not talking about the same movie. It's just if in a perfect world where we had an expense account, <laughs> I would make all of us go out and see the movie in a different version than we did. And then we would just get back together. I mean, I'm kind of curious, but also not at all. Cause I know this was a, a singular experience. Like I, uh, I, Brian, I'm not is, saying there's not major problems with this movie. I'm I, really I, not, but right, it, but to me, like we can all agree, like you know, oh, you you have a cloning company, and you named it Gemini. How clever! Like that's not good but writing, but like no, I isn't legitimately that also sort think, of a playful relic of 1997. Like I kind of just was eating that up a little bit. What's like, weird though is that clearly that that company has been around since before the cloning idea came about. I so really. He's just got this thing that like this unconscious thing about twins. 
he was just like, oh, man, like, you know, what's the next evolution in soldiering for my company, Gemini, which I own, which is a PMC. And he was just like, drones? No. <laughs> well, I mean, the company's named Gemini. So if I don't clone something, it's really wasted opportunity. Unless it was something he like always wanted to do. You know, he had the name first and then just kind of went with it. Right. You create the company for the, the product you want to have, not the product exactly. you do have. I gotcha. Exactly. That makes sense. What was I going to say? Um, Whoa, yeah, I don't, that, was, I don't, that was a lone moment of agreement there. Yeah. Whoa, what the fuck was, just It was really beautiful. <laughs> Truly, we have come together as men. Um, yeah, yeah. I just, this movie, and this is the thing. If I even sort of liked this movie, I would, and I, like, if I even sort of had, like, the idea that it could possibly look better, <laughs> I would drive 45 minutes to White Marsh and see it in 120 so, so but I just what can't, you're saying you know? is you do not th- value Michael or our guest's opinion enough <laughs> well, to then, even give that a the, shot. The script is no, look, so I mean, bad. Frankly, Bill, I'm not going to ask Brian to drive 45 minutes to see this that's movie. That's a long time. But yeah, it's, uh, there, there's, a lot, there's a lot going on. Well, yeah, like, I mean, it, that's, that's equivalent <clears throat> to half of the movie that I saw. So, you know, <laughs> at, at my frame rate, fuck you So guy. here's the thing. Like... It, we, <laughs> If I, I love the idea that like we've what? we've totally created this like hierarchy on this episode <laughs> of like Michael and I are the fucking purists who saw it and we're like it's a masterpiece, and Brian's like, well, I can't, I just, I can't see how that's correct, but I guess maybe because it's somewhere in the middle, and Bill's just here being like, well, fuck me, right? Like, just <laughs> just hanging thing. out. This is why it has to be a bell curve because Bill was like vaguely positive on some aspects of it. I'm like yeah, furious. I enjoyed it. And you part. guys are like, it's a beautiful new world. <laughs> it's so- I, don't even know. I guess it's 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 a combination of like the innovation that this movie's attempting, right? Number one, right? With admittedly, like I think just my own personal nostalgia and and wanting to go to bat for just more movies like this, right? But like. like- why? And, and I, don't, I guess that's my real question. Because this movie Why? is a miracle, Brian. Is it? Yes. Yes. He made and, the movie. And you it, like he did it. Like, right. <laughs> no, but it doesn't. It like it doesn't even matter. The like, quality of the movie aside, like Ang Lee made a gigantic budget blockbuster with Will Smith in 2019, right? Using like cutting edge technology that no one's ever seen before. A studio released it wide, right? The only bigger miracle would have been like if they actually decided to release it midsummer, like it probably would have been. Or like if it was actually a good movie. (laughs) Like that's the that's my problem with you That's my problem with you calling it a miracle. If I wake up tomorrow and my daughter is suddenly a Komodo dragon, (laughs) that's technically could be considered a quote-unquote miracle but i'm not excited about it it's not good no one was asking for it it doesn't add any value to my life it'll be cheaper to feed but i don't I feel think like- so bill komodo dragons eat a <laughs> yeah, shit ton. I, I, I was i was just about to think like yeah i've definitely seen them like take down like a wildebeest like a whole what, fucking deer what in, egg, sorry what i just am curious what like <laughs> in your chain of thought was like as you were spitting that one out you were like komodo that's the one i'm going with so first i was gonna say a cat and I think my brain said, not interesting enough. This won't get a laugh. Let's and boost you can it. Ma- and you can manage a cat. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, again, I don't want your daughter to get turned into well, a cat either. Cat. But, you know, you could still, 
even if it were irreversible, you could figure that one out. Probably. Also, I think like people would come over and be like, oh, you got another cat. And I'd have to be like, no, that's my daughter. And, and people would be like, <laughs> okay, Brian. And then you would go to jail because they'd report you to the police for some murder. Like right. it would, there would be a future Mindhunter season about you. <laughs> but if someone comes over and there's a Komodo dragon wearing my daughter's nightgown, I would be like, this used to be Cora. People might for a minute be like, I think he's telling the truth. Because <laughs> a Komodo dragon's pretty hard to get. That's true. Aren't they endangered? Yeah, they're 100% endangered. Right. So that then it's like you're sort of you're in trouble in a couple different ways. Now, then. here's the thing, though. If, 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 if it is a Komodo dragon with the same body mass as my child, I think that might actually save me money on food. <laughs> <laughs> How much food does the average Komodo dragon eat, I wonder? <laughs> yeah, what's the like what's the yearly uh mass against its own body weight? You know, I also don't know your daughter, but I would imagine just being a human child, she's probably way pickier than a Komodo dragon. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like you could I, feed a Komodo dragon whatever you want. I can't throw a dead deer in front of my daughter and say, have at it, you know? <laughs> Brian, least... do we need to call child services? <laughs> No, she's doing great. I think what Brian's trying to say is that Gemini Man might be a mini masterpiece yeah. and he loves it. Well, Connor, remember how good Gen- Gemini Man was? I, you know what, Michael? <laughs> you and I will never forget. <laughs> I won't know because I only Man. saw half the movie. Um, but you should have seen the whole movie, Brian. Well, that's the, So that's the problem. Like, I'm now wishing that I had just decided – Okay, I'm going to pay for an extra two hours of babysitting to go see this movie, you know? Because, like... It was only $3 more, Brian. I mean, come on. It's true. And double the movie for $3 more. So here's the... like, But that's the thing. Like, I, I sort of... Like, if I... When I saw Gravity, I saw it at a press screening. It was, like, big screen, 3D. Sure. It fucking ruled. And then I was like, I will see this again. Now, if I'd seen it in 2D... Even if I was like, I don't understand the hype, I think I still would have like resonated with its themes and Sandra Bullock's performance enough to be like, maybe I'll go see it in 3D and see if that's what blows my socks off. I don't see the necessity to go out and see this this super mediocre action movie again. You know? All right. All right. But here's the thing. I want to talk about that qualm real quick, though, because that motorcycle chase is fucking awesome. It's awesome in 120. Let's be fair. No. No, I, here's the thing, here's the thing, this, and this is the other part of it, and again, maybe this is a me thing, maybe this is just what goes into it, but like, I also, I feel like I've become acutely aware of, and again, maybe I, maybe it's because I work in post-production, but again, I, I, you know, I work in commercials and shit, like I don't work on like shit this size, but either way, the more I watch movies like this, the more I think like so many people worked so hard on this, right? Like so hard. Right. And right, they I had just, to work so much harder than on a normal movie because they had to create almost like four times as many frames. No, exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's so that's like another thing uh, that goes into my appreciation of like the feat that is uh, that is junior. But like even just watching that motorcycle chase, I just was like, this is great. Like whether it's again, whether it's like will smith actually on that bike i don't really care but like somebody's on that bike mm. you know what i mean and yeah. like and it and, it, and it's rad awesome. shit yeah and the, yeah like doing super <laughs> fucking cool shit on a motorcycle um and i don't yeah i don't know man again like it's it's funny i feel like if if more people liked this movie i probably wouldn't even be as jazzed on it as i am like i'd probably be like yeah, it's really, 
yeah it's right, real but right now you're like the the elite few who's seen it and so you're like you don't understand i spoke to god Hi, yeah something <laughs> like that sure. now here's my <laughs> here's bit. my retort you know to everything that you just said which is fair now let's say that your mom makes you a grilled cheese sandwich using plain old wonder bread and craft singles right and it's it's good it tastes fine it's like every other grilled cheese you've ever had now let's say that some other random person takes you to a farm shows you how they make the cheese then brings that cheese to the granary where they like mill their own bread and then they bring it to a hibachi grill so this other person who's flipping the spatulas and everything can make you this grilled cheese sandwich and you bite into it it's filled with broken glass for some reason is it still worth celebrating all the work that went into it if it's that bad? Is this the same hibachi grill that you got the Komodo dragon from? Uh, I didn't get the, <laughs> the Komodo dragon from a hibachi grill. My daughter was miracled into a Komodo dragon. Oh, right, right. <laughs> I No, I get, what, I get what you're saying with it, but I think... You do? <laughs> no, 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 I, no, no, no. I do in terms of... I mean, basically, all you're saying is that it it it, it it's a moot point because someone in your opinion, right, still made a bad thing. So why do we care that they made a bad thing, even if the way that they made the bad thing is like super interesting and whatever. See, Michael, Um, my analogy was very easy to track. No, no, no. I I Um. mean, (laughs) no, I had to do a little, I had to do some mental gymnastics there a little bit, but I I get it. And I, I totally understand it. But at the same time, like, isn't the like the thing in this case in the case of Gemini man same thing with the 3D in the case of Avatar like the thing is part of it right the doing of the thing and the experiencing of the thing is part of it right so even if in your opinion this movie fails on say a performance based level or something like that the the doing it and the experiencing of it is is like 40 to 50% of the, of the battle in my opinion. So like if if you're not going to be able to at least sit down and appreciate that, I don't know what I can do for you. I, I just, hope your daughter's okay. <laughs> She's not yet a Komodo <laughs> dragon. Um, but I just I think that we are just at an impasse with this because like there will never be a point at which I'm like, I appreciate the effort you put into making this terrible, terrible thing. Like I just I just can't. It's just not I don't I don't view it to be I not again. Now, again, not having seen it in 120. Not having looked into the face of God and come back a changed man, I, was I can't before this, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say whether or not, like, maybe one twenty is the future of cinema, and Ang Lee is a genius who's just ahead of his time. I just can't help but feel like if you could make a solid, decent movie in a, in the 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 way that it's been done, why not do that instead of wasting? time energy talent and money making something bad in a way that almost accentuates the way that it's bad i think the part of that too though is uh is theatrical experience now is there a problem when angley decides to go full bore with an idea that paramount then says yeah let's do it even though only 14 theaters in America are equipped to handle what we're about to – technically not even equipped to handle, right? Because it's right. not full 4K. But Only half equipped of, to handle. Yeah, right. So I, I get – there's an obvious problem there, right? But the mm. other part of that is just that there isn't um, – there isn't much to get somebody 
away from watching an El Camino to see the new Will Smith movie in 2019. Yeah, right? fuck El Camino. But, right? but, no, no, no. But first no, of all, all don't all come I'm, at my boy Jesse Pinkman I'll, like that. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is, there is this thing that appeals to a wide audience of people that is sitting right in their own homes, right? So when faced with that, or driving 45 minutes to White Marsh, White Marsh. Yes, got it. Okay, or driving 45 minutes to whatever their White Marsh is, right? You need something, right? So, of course, you're going to go the route of like, yeah, fuck it. Let's do 120. Let's do 3D. Let's do 4K. If they're equipped to handle it, great. If not, whatever. We'll make do. Let's just make a fucking gigantic Will Smith action movie, right? The Which, the, I, that that was my angly impression, by the way. But, <laughs> that um, was perfect. Thank you. My issue is... I don't think this does get people out because I think people remember the I Hobbit. I mean, clearly it didn't. I mean, it's not really doing amazingly well. Right. I like but. people remember the Hobbit. They remember how bad that looked. They remember hearing about how weird Billy Lynn's long halftime walk was, you know, like if they, frankly, if they remember Billy Lynn's long halftime walk at all. Right. Yes, but, exactly. Yeah. Now sure. here's the thing. Like, you know, what gets people out to the movie? It's a lot of bullshit, but also it's stuff like it chapter two, us, John Wick 3, Parabellum, like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood made $139 million. I don't think this movie's going to get that. Like, there are, I understand what you're saying that you have to create new ways to entice people to the theaters. I just don't think attempting something that people seemingly roundly rejected for good reason, as far as I'm concerned, is the way to do it. And I don't, and again, like, if the movie's not good, <laughs> then that's also not going to help because I think that, you know, we might be blessedly beyond gimmicks. I think that 3d soured a lot of people on the concept of this technology will make up for this bad story, but this is like a new way to try to do that. I see. I, I think that's only half true though, because I think with somebody like Ang Lee doing it, it's all of his choices are so deliberate. Like there's no, Everything about the way he chooses to frame things and the way he chooses to sort of utilize Junior specifically, right? Because the fact that it's digitally created mm -hmm. is another thing, right? That may that means every part of it is a choice. Like literally every moment Junior is on screen is a choice. By the way, Bill, I do totally agree with you. Like daylight is not Junior's friend. <laughs> um, gonna melt him. And he is a waxen and, vampire. And so there are, but, but I will say they're not stupid about it either. Like most of this movie, it's dimly lit rooms, it's shadows and they're right. not necessarily, I, I will say this. The important distinction to make, too, is that when they use shadows and dim lighting, they're not hiding him. They are just sort of creating an atmosphere. You know, they're not saying like, oh, you can't see his face here. You can still right. see his face. They're just creating an atmosphere that's going to be a little bit more friendly to like. People the, look a little otherworldly in certain lighting conditions as is, but you can still anyway. tell who they are. So like exactly. they, they utilize that. To, but like that, I guess. We should just say spoilers for Gemini, man. Um, yeah, are we just? We'll just launch into we'll it. We'll just launch into it. Sure. That scene of him at the college is horrifying. No, that's the only. And but I, in my opinion, that was the only. I'd have to rewatch it to maybe reevaluate, but I could only really recall that scene 
being the one that I was like, Ooh, I don't know about that one. I will like, say that like the um the part when you first see him when he pops up in the gun scope reminds me of the alien from Signs. <laughs> like I think that those two moments are not great, but again, that's like him in full sun. I think that him. His his big dialogue scenes, he actually kind of kills. Like, I think he does pretty well. It just seems like he's not a great actor, which is Well, so fine. you know the whole thing about that, right? So Ang Lee, I, I go back and forth between Ang and Ang, so I, I apologize. Yeah, I do the same but, thing. But he, um, he directed Will Smith to be worse. Interesting. Yeah, like choice. he he basically he basically was he like just broke Brian's brain. No, he was he was <laughs> he, no, he was just he was very candid about it. You could you could read about. I don't even remember. I might have been Hollywood Reporter that I read this in, but you can look it up. It's like a real thing. Um, and he basically like was showing Will Smith shit from twenty five years ago, episodes of Fresh Prince and stuff like that, and basically being like, I need you to like be this actor again. Now, what I think is interesting is Will Smith like keeps that in mind but also chooses to give a performance that his 25 year younger self could not even fathom like there is i think <laughs> to me a a genuine earnestness and like empathy built into junior uh that i really loved and i and i just i thought was just I don't know. I, I there's definitely I think something that gets lost in translation if you know if you're dealing with an actor giving a mo mocap performance with a then digitally recreated face, right? Well, obviously, I, I'm curious to see the Irishman because generally, you know, the digital smoothing or de aging, I have not been a fan of. I wasn't a fan of it in Captain Marvel. You know, but I guess part of me is like, I don't know. I trust Marty. You know, that's just where I'm yeah, at. You know, but that's different. That's different, though. That's de aging. This is like this is like a team of VFX people, right? Built building something from scratch, right? Right, which is very strange. And so, like, I don't know why they chose to do it this way. And I again just don't know. I, I don't know. Like someone had asked me about the makeup for Joseph Gordon-Levitt in Looper. I like it. Like it. it he looks enough like. Bruce Willis. I almost said Will Smith. He looks <laughs> Bruce enough like Will Bruce, Smith. He looks enough like Bruce Willis to sell it. And just the fact that I I am told that that's who he is. And it was weird because there's a part in that movie earlier where Paul Dano has to do with his older self and it's just a completely different person and it's fine. I don't it doesn't matter. It's it's so weird that we've come to this point now where it's like all right, so there's a scene here where there's a baby. Uh, we're going to just de-age you down to being a baby. We're not going to get a normal baby. And it's just like, why? Why is this necessary? You're talking about just movies in general at this point. Yeah, they're like, well, yeah. if we can motion smooth them, or not motion smooth them, if we can de-age them, why not do it? It's like, well, why don't you just why don't you just do a guide to recognizing your saints and just have Robert Downey Jr. played by Shia LaBeouf or whoever it was? Did I get that right? Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah. great. And... uh I yeah no I I mean I agree with that generally speaking I think especially in the case of the Irishman uh having not seen it obviously but uh I mean hearing what I've heard people say about that movie is obviously reassuring that mm -hmm. like uh, you know the the worst criticism I've heard of that movie so far is that the de-aging's a little distracting but once the movie get, gets going you kind of don't really think about it yeah um 
which is nice to hear. I guess, again, to play devil's advocate, to your point, you shouldn't have to be distracted at all, right? Yeah. Like there's just – it's sort of an unnecessary thing. But I think in the case of this movie, like I said, part of the doing of the thing in creating Junior is the thing, right? Like so it's almost – it's Ang, it's Ang Lee like – and again, a, a Paramount who's willing to like spend the money – to have him experiment and like try this thing out. And look, I mean, we can seemingly talk for hours about whether or not we agree if it was successful or not. But to me, I think the fact that it even got done is, is wonderful. Now I think, you know, as a means of, of wrapping up just this basic part of it, so we can just end our thoughts on this movie. Um, I think to me, what you just said is 100% true that like, you know, he's a clone. It's interesting that they made him, completely digital there's like a good there's a good thing there like it it makes sense and it sort of is thematically relevant but i think again you're focusing on the technology and you're not focusing on the character and i think that you know to my mind that's the thing that most torpedoes this movie because they they like the big test to prove to junior that this guy is in fact his clone even after his his clive owen father has told him as much is that he shoots him with some bee venom and then heals him with epinephrine and is like, I had to be sure for myself. And it's like, that's how you're sure. Like there's a shit ton of people who are allergic to bees. Like that's not a character thing. Like it's just in his, it's encoded in his DNA. And that's like what this whole movie is. It's like, well, everyone's a robot. Everyone has the same programming. And now here we are. Um, So they do team up at some point. And uh, and then he goes to college when they win. <laughs> That's that I will say the I I basically, again, liked the whole movie. The one thing that was a little bit of a sticking point to me is that this movie, I think, does fall prey to the third act thing of like now, like we've got our other big set pieces, but now let's just end it someplace outside of Atlanta that nobody cares about. Yeah. Um. Uh, granted, I still think the movie made it work generally. I I like you know, most of the action that takes place in the third act. I just think it's a little bit of a bummer because when they do team up, they you know they do the thing which again feels like a pretty rote story beat, but still feels like something that would be satisfying within this movie, sort of in and of itself. Is like they're like, okay, now we're gonna go to Gemini and we're gonna fucking take it down, right? Right, but instead and, they like get caught in a Walgreens. Right, which I was assuming was going to be – it does feel, I think, from either a budget standpoint or what, I'd be I'd be curious to see at which – like where all these things happened at which draft in this movie kind of mm-hmm. thing. But – He reminded they, me a little bit of um, Split. Yeah, it is. Mm. It's very, it's very not, similar. Not Split, Glass. Because glass, glass, glass is glass, like yeah. – there's this giant tower that's like opening up. I guess spoilers for Glass – yeah. There's this giant tower that's opening up. Let's have a fight in this parking lot. I think the difference, the reason I, and not to dive into that too much, I sort of liked that about Glass. Oh, I love that like, I feel like part of that movie, the whole ethos of that movie is subversion. Yes, right? I so, so it totally works. Mm-hmm. Um, with this movie, it does feel like, it does feel like a constraint, right? It does feel like, oh, we didn't have the budget to have two Will Smiths just like mow through 60 guys with the help of yeah which which would have been amazing like which you know sort of i think what the movie 
gets you to try and want and then doesn't fully deliver on. So that is definitely something that bummed me out uh, a little bit. But we are treated to, spoiler alert, again, triple spoiler alert, a third Will Smith. Oh, shit. (laughs) Who's like essentially... My my assumption was that because he's like a copy of a copy, is is essentially oh. like whittled into being, you know, like a zombie. So essentially. it's fourth Michael Keaton in Duplicity, the one who licks the pizza, <laughs> something like that. Except like definitely less offensive. Calls well, everyone I, Steve. <laughs> I think the idea is basically they didn't they didn't raise him to have a personality. Right. They I think raised him more as you are a weapon, a pure yeah. weapon. I think that um, they, they, yeah. they kind of say that, don't they Bill? where they're like, you know, Oh, it was going to be a clone. And then he was like, ah, oh, fuck. Why am I giving these things humanity at all? When I could genetically engineer them to not feel pain and not have remorse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At which which point, I thought, I thought was weird because like they, they basically show this guy that's like a ninja fucking kicking all of their ass and then he gets shot in the chest like multiple times, shot in the head multiple times and they just took down a bunch of dudes that look like fucking, I don't know, creatures from a PlayStation game. <laughs> uh, what was that? The the one where like the Nazis are back or something like that? Not Wolfenstein. Oh, Wolfenstein? But- no, kill zone. Kill zone. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. They look like creatures from Kill Zone and they're like, don't worry about it. Their weak point are the joints and just hit them there and then they'll go down. Right, cuz he's like, talking about their oh, body okay. armor. He's like their weak point yeah. are the glasses and their joints. And I was just like, okay. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. Yeah, I, I mean I guess that's that's cool, bro, that you can just like pinpoint that. But um you can't pinpoint that on this guy that no, you get he like had dead better ass armor. shot. Where's where's the other guy's armor? Like well, I, not, I would assume. No, I would. I was sort of armor. assuming he didn't give a shit. Like he was, and this is kind of why I, I was thinking it was more of like a genetic thing as opposed to just the way he was raised. Like mm-hmm. I was assuming that they like this particular Will Smith the uh, third, Junior Junior. They they like genetically refined to you know, not give a shit about pain or what have so, you. So the the thing is they, they did do that. He does not feel pain. The other thing though, is that his body armor is better. Cause you, he, he doesn't, he's like lit on fire. Like none of those bullets yeah, go true. through his armor. Like they shoot him yeah. full on in the face and there's no penetration whatsoever. The other guys like, you know, he shoots them in the foot and then he shoots them in the neck or like he shoots through their goggles. Like, it's it, it, it will will Bill's question is kind of right. Like if you're just making body armor that could, why don't you just give that to everyone? That's still a pretty big yeah, improvement. Then all you need <clears throat> is two of those soldiers, not fucking you know twenty. But the thing is, you know, a person like you you see it in the movies all the time when someone gets shot in a bulletproof vest and then they're like knocked out. So you do want to have that. <clears throat> that uh, resistance to pain because then you can absorb the kinetic energy of that and not stop just from the sure. pure pain of it. Now, and, 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 and they did a decent job of like, but it, it was hard for me to understand whether he was just like, just a badass, Right. And just right. Or was like, he well, lobotomized? Yes. And like, so yeah, when his they, humanity when they was in question his, to me, when they pull off his mask and they're like, why don't you feel pain? I was like, 
Did you ask him if he was in pain? Like, I don't know. I don't know if he, <laughs> he doesn't he, look like he's doing great, to be honest. Yeah, I was just like, uh, is, is that's a hell of an assumption. Like, he, my, he definitely is kind of down and out. My so. other question would be now, the, the, I, I don't know. Like, was any was it a shock? Did it mean anything to anyone that there was a third one who couldn't feel pain? No. Not, I mean, look, I don't think I don't think there's much about this movie that was particularly mm-hmm. shocking. I think it's built in a way. And again, we we could debate how successfully until the end of time, I suppose. But I think it's built in a way to not like I don't think it aspires to be anything that's like any kind of crazy gigantic twist. I think it just tries to put things in front of you that feel like a logical satisfying next step you know which again is why i think it, it is a little weird that the third act of this movie or fourth act or whatever doesn't get you to the gemini headquarters where they're like mm-hmm. b- blowing everything up or whatever um because that just feels like the thing that you want right the right. same way introducing a third will smith for the two will smiths to take down does feel like a very like logical whoa, whoa, whoa. Just, you it, you you give credit to uh what's her face mary elizabeth winstead as well come on now. no 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 she was and, very and actually no and i'm glad you brought that up because i actually do think she's really good in this movie i enjoy um, her as a presence yeah, yes yeah um, um she's always welcome and she pulls out a guy's uh, teeth is which yeah. is pretty great yes i like that now here's um, my I, thing would, would it have been more impactful if they knew that that was them before they took him down but I don't, there's, um, there's just a part of me that's like, this is clearly like another Will Smith, but for some reason they were surprised when they see him. And it was just like, I don't know, introduce that earlier. Like have them, have them have to like come to terms with that as they're doing it, not after it's already done. And then the other problem is that they've just butchered 40 men in a Georgia city street. And then Will Smith is like, but you can't kill Clive Owen because killing him will hurt you. Like that's eh, this is the I, uh, well. I he, think the other he, thing it's leaning on there is like the paternal connection. The the, the like all the other the dudes clone, that were getting killed were henchmen. They're literally the faceless. Clone, the, yeah. the clone dude though only killed like three of those guys. Eh, I guess so. But he's also killed Junior. a lot of other people. It's 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 inferred. Yeah. Uh, well, for that sure. I will say this movie does suffer a little bit from the uh, what's it is Deadshot is that his name in yeah. Suicide Squad? Yes. It suffers a little bit from the same problem where it's like he's the mass fucking murderer with a heart of gold because his superpower is shooting good. And and this I mean, this definitely has a little bit of that problem because it's like you're like, well, he he has killed a lot of people. Granted, I think the the movie kind of wants you to know that his I I believe it's like 72 or 73 confirmed kills. We're all we're all like. They were all bad you know, guys. Bad dudes, right? Well, so, they even I, go I, out I was, of their way to say like this recent guy who wasn't a bad guy was the only not bad guy. I I really wanted because at a certain point you don't you don't get the kill amount. You understand and you see him burning the uh, the picture inside of what mm-hmm. is going to be the bonsai or bonsai, right? Is that I is think that, so? Yeah, yeah, of the bonsai tree and. When they show, like, they pull back and they show a bunch of bonsais, I was like, ah, that's cool. But they didn't show 72 of those fucking things. So Maybe I was he like, sells oh, them on eBay, point. you know? Right. <laughs> that's his side hustle. He's got an Etsy. 
It's 2019. We all need a side hustle. Bonsai's by Brogan. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is Etsy shop. Now, this is, I don't know. This is just another dumb script thing. But, like, he's a sniper. I am used to be a competitive target shooter. So it is a very difficult thing to do. Like, it, it takes some kind of skill. I don't know that it's super Some genuine. kind of skill. <laughs> right. Like, I'm not going to say, like, anyone can become it. But I'm not sure how much of it is genetic. So, like, it just, it also just struck me as weird because I'm like, I know he's Will Smith and he's awesome. I don't buy that, like, this is the the best guy on earth for us to clone, you know? Well, and then, like, like, you don't think the opening sequence sets that up nicely, though? Because he's just really fucking good at what he does. Like, he's so, he's he's cool as a cucumber. Now, granted, I guess your point is that is being super cool under pressure and not really cracking is that genetic. Right. It's, that's my question. Like, you know, yeah. if he had seen something, like if he had seen the little mermaid as a child, would he be more like twitchy? I don't know. Like, <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know why I, the little think, mermaid would I do think, that to you, but you know, I, I, I think that a lot of, a lot of target shooting is mental and it's stuff that you have as a personality, but I don't, again, I just don't know how much is genetic. I think some of that is genetic. I think, I think that's, that's accuracy, right? And accuracy is something that you can, you can develop, but it's definitely something where it takes a steady hand. It takes a steady breath. It takes a certain mental acuity. Well, now see, Bill, that's a very good point. And this is something that I think Michael will appreciate. I was wondering, like, wouldn't it be better to clone Brad Pitt from Ad Astra because his heart rate never goes above 80? Mm-hmm. Isn't don't they isn't I mean, am I wrong in thinking I, I mean, I was thinking that same thing. Am I wrong in thinking that they tr- at least try and set up Henry as that same kind of person that like he's just of a mind where he's killed 72 people and it hasn't really gotten to him, you know? And, right. whole, and again, like if you believe that that is a genetic component, right, you know, psychopathy, I guess, then maybe. Well, I I think. I'm I'm not arguing like there's been books on this about like why certain people are are gifted athletes and why and how much of that is genetic versus how much of that is a learned skill. And you never want to take away how much of that is a learned skill, because if you if you find anything that is a through line through all of these athletes and all of these people that are exceptional at what they do, they've worked their ass off to get to that point. It hasn't just been easy, but you know, accuracy and all of these other things, those are a little bit of a genetic trait that just help you be able to, to show that work. Right. So, you know, I, I am not a very steady hand and I know this, I Mm -hmm. know this because of how I play video games and how I play. (laughs) And like, I've spent a lot of times on, on video games. I've seen other people. Yeah. I've, I've seen other people play video games. There are people that are really fucking good at video games. I am mediocre. Right. And that's (laughs) not for a lack of trying on my part. I like video games. I play them or I used to play them a lot and I still was, you know, getting crushed by some of these other people. So there's definitely a sense of like certain people are going to be more, more readily adaptable to whatever environment you put them in. Right. And so for, for a sniper, yeah, I think I think there's definitely going to be some genetics at play. And then also, let's make you into a badass, right? 
It's also just weird to me because like Clive Owen is like, I wanted to give you like a I, like I don't know I, I I can't I can't just keep bringing up things that this doesn't make sense in this movie because I no one no one's gonna defend it that hard. Um, I I did want to. Was, it, was no, I the only Brian, one? Brian, who... don't talk about it anymore. <laughs> was I, I the only? I, was... I, I, I have one final question, then I'll just okay. stop talking and everyone else can talk for the rest of this. Um, was was I the only one who's expecting to find out that like all of the people with the hoods, like in the glasses, were going to be Will Smith? I was um, thinking clones, but not yeah, Will Smith. I didn't necessarily. I was. It's funny because I was curious when you were when we were talking about uh the third Will Smith just earlier, I, I sort of got the vibe that that's what you were thinking. Um, I just sort of assumed they were henchmen because they honed so specifically on the one, you know, like berserker henchman, we'll call it, who then gets revealed to be Will Smith Mm -hmm. that I didn't, that like he is so, he is so clearly a standout that I didn't really think twice about any of the other people. It just, there was, Um, there was that point early on where it was like, this is our new crop of soldiers, like blah, blah, blah. And he, and, and uh, junior was like, do they understand rules of engagement? You know? And so I thought like, you know, it was going to be levels like juniors, pure Henry Brogan, all the dudes with the, the black gear, we're going to be like Henry, Bro- Harry Brogan, Henry Brogan, Henry, Henry without like a moral compass. And then, you know, spinning, kicking fourth gen Henry was going to be like, this is the end game where he's like stronger, better, faster. Right. Yeah. All right. Um, my, I want to mention this real briefly and then we can move right on unless y'all want to kind of talk about this. Michael, it sounds like you're, you're about done. Um, it sounds like that 120 frames really, really wore you out. Um, His brain is still tired from having to keep up with how many frames per second. Look, I, I don't, I don't have that issue at all. Um, uh, I really enjoyed all the sequence in the catacombs. Um, I didn't think it made much sense for Junior to fight back after hearing like his whole life story, like pl- like plot by plot by plot, like laid out, even even like to the point of like what Varys like says and all this other shit. I was just like, Jesus, man, like this this is making a really compelling argument. But I found that whole sequence where Will Smith is basically talking to his clone and just like laying it all out there. I found that really fucking compelling. I found the fight sequence inside the catacombs really fun and interesting, Um, especially how like I didn't understand why Will Smith didn't want him or didn't want Mary Elizabeth Winstead to wing him. But even still, I was just like, okay, I'm I'm into all of this because it also had like a a visceral feel that made it less when they're fighting in Colombia or Cartagena. Um, I could feel the the fakeness of it because part of it was just because they were in daylight, and I could just kind of just see some of the some of the the strings being pulled there but in the catacombs you don't get that kind of clarity and so a lot of that kind of special effects is blended in and so i just found that whole action sequence really riveting and that was that was definitely for me the highlight of the film i was like holy shit 
Like this is this is going for it. I'm enjoying this. And then now imagine if there were the 96 the more frames per second. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, I agree with you there, Bill, because I think that scene also allows for like what I think of as the Will Smith moment. Right. Mm-hmm. Like where he has this thing where even in even in his lesser movies, he he ekes out at least one opportunity to like show up for like a scene, you know, where you're like where like which is really I, I think always something that uh, should be commended on his part is that like even in an I robot or an I am legend, like he finds these moments to like really give a wonderful performance above and beyond what the movie is technically asking of him. Um and I think on both sides of his performances, uh, that's the scene where that all happens. And that, like I said earlier, that whole sequence was the moment where I was like, I think I love this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really well done. And and I, I love I love that he calls out his clone at that point because his clone is like, I'm the best. And, and he's like, really? Oh, yeah. He points the gun <laughs> in his face. He's like, you are obviously not the best. Yeah. That was a good line. I am. Um, yeah. I feel like that 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 motorcycle fight kind of like nails my issues with this movie because I feel like that's a goofy scene that doesn't realize how goofy it's being and could stand to be goofier. In terms of uh, just like what happens it in could, it. Yeah, like, like it's some just of the like stunts and stuff. I think that it's taking that kind of the attempt to butcher someone via moto foo. Like I think John Woo would have a shit ton of fun with that. And this movie is a little, a little too dour and, and into itself to really hit that. I think the other thing too, is how many times can you watch? I feel like you can only see Will Smith get hit in the face with the back wheel of a motorcycle like once (laughs) before you're like, no, he'd be just dead. There's also a point where you're just like, Junior, get off the bike and just stab him or something. Like, yeah, I was, I was like, uh, uh, is he out of bullets at this point? Like, can can we not get him Amazon he's out of bullets, Prime? But he could still choke him to death or something. I don't know, but that's that's like unimportant. I just, I, I think again, that's just the, like my kind of issue. Michael Snydell, you've been quiet. What's up? What's up? What's what's up? Um, so 120 frames per second. <laughs> yes, it changed my life. What, what are we talking about? No, I guess I. Uh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> Did you have like a? I know you've already called out the catacombs. Do you kind of like agree with the the way that that's been represented by Bill and uh, Connor? Uh, as it in being good? <laughs> yeah. No, I think that scene rules. I, I also think the motorcycle scene is also uh, riveting, and yeah. Uh, I had a different experience than you guys. We watched completely <laughs> different movies. We did. I, I I like here's here's my final thought. There was never I, I kept waiting for a moment in this to just completely take me out of it, and it never happened. Interesting. The whole time, even when I was like aware of like dialogue or like I became aware it never, it never took me out. It was, it was a very strange experience and maybe why I'm perhaps giving it so much more leeway as, as, as an actual, you know, critic, I, I would have a very, very hard time writing about this. Let me put it that way. Uh, Cause it's so individual. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a, it's a thing. And there are, I, 
just so we're clear, there are actually a few people who did see it in glorious 120 HFR and fucking despised it. So there, <laughs> there is also So people- it's not like there's some sort of subliminal thing in the other 60 <laughs> frames that just makes people like it better? Well, yeah. it's basically, if you watch it in 120, it's just that scene from the parallax view. <laughs> that's that's actually really what happens. Says, I was like, going to say hate, Rocco's war, Modern Life, will. where the hand reaches out of the TV and massages their brain. <laughs> sure. It, yeah. Hip, hip, no toad. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, man. I don't know. It's just fucking good, guys. I don't know what else yeah. to tell you. It's yeah. just really <laughs> enjoyable. <laughs> like, it's just weird because, you know, like, again, I, again, and no one really, like, fought that hard against the absurdity and the not greatness. I just, like... I thought even if we could disagree about the aesthetics and the frame rate, we could all just get behind like the the numerous other missed opportunities just on a basic movie level. And I don't think I'll ever be one of those people who like, you know, Connor was able to say like, but the fact that they tried, it's just not where I'm at in my life right now. That's all right. You know, I've got a Komodo dragon to feed. You know, I was I just, just shit. You beat me to it. I, <laughs> I could feel it coming again. I was like, I've got to do this before someone else does. <sighs> All right, yeah. Let's let's wrap this shit up. Yeah. Let's get uh, the any fuck final, out of here. Any final thoughts on this? No, nobody has any final thoughts. Let's go. Margaritas. No, if you get a, if you get a chance to see it in 120 HFR, that there was a Twitter person who was saying that it's still possibly coming to where he's where he lives i don't know how but if you get a chance to see it in hfr specifically 120 i would recommend it if you're willing to give it a shot i think i I agree i think you know based on this discussion i sort of wish that i had gone and seen the 120 you know and it kind of annoys me that the movie's not like blow my mind i just i wish the almost like the movie was a half star better Cause like if it was if it was I could I could talk myself into it you know it'd be such a dirge though to get yourself to go now though yeah like this this is just like right now it's like uh, I know it gave me food poisoning but apparently if I eat more of it <laughs> it'll be better but like if it was just like a McDonald's sandwich but someone said like somehow there's twice as much in this one I'd be like well you know it's basic it's not perfect it's not good but it's not gonna kill me so I'll try it out anyway. Don't worry. I'm sure Connor and I will find out that we're going to get cancer sooner because we did this. (laughs) That is the type of bizarre bullshit that would happen to a human being. (laughs) The human eye weren't meant to take in images that fast. You've all got six months from now. There's going to be a Gemini man class action lawsuit against Paramount. Yeah. It's going to like, yeah, it's going to be like you got like Gemini induced schizophrenia. No, blindness. What the fuck are we even doing? Come on now. No, I feel like the images are going to be burned on their retinas. I all close right, my eyes and all I can see is Gemini, man. Uh, no. Screen burning. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that's it. Uh, thank you, everyone, for bearing with us throughout all of this. It's been quite a journey. At this um, point, we are not doing Does the Dog Die? Let's, oh, let's I looked, it's... Bill. Actually, I knew you were going to ask about that. Oh. And guess what? No one has written anything. Well, in HFR, it, how many, how yeah, many dogs do you think dogs died? <laughs> Y'all didn't see those frames. Like, I definitely didn't see those frames. There is. Dogs. So the does the dog die game. Like, yeah, it, it's a thing that we do. But like, I legitimately, 
there is no no one has voted on this yet no one has done anything for this movie yet it's really strange this is the only second time ever that this has happened that we have gotten a does the dog die and it's not even there now could i vote on it possibly does the dog die yeah Maybe, no. maybe we need you to make get a the film stage. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need to make a film stage account so we, we can the, vote. The extra sixty frames are all just a dog dying. <laughs> it's some Godard shit, guys. It's like it's like really experimental shit. So here, let, let's let's do this real quick. Someone shedding as well. Does oh, an animal die? Do, do any animals die in this movie? Uh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, are any teeth damaged? Yeah, teeth are damaged. Yes, teeth are damaged, for sure. Are there abortions? No. Yeah. (laughs) Did you just say yeah? (laughs) Yeah. Let's, 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 if we're not, if we're not doing it, let's not do it. Yeah. Are there, does a car crash? Oh my God, Brian. (laughs) Fuck off. Let's go. No, but there are Bloody Marys in bathrobes. Um, Ooh, I don't think that's a part of this. Up oh, does someone abuse alcohol? I'm clicking yes. Okay, great. So we're over. This is done. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, again, for hanging in there with us. If you're still here, we apologize. Um, this has uh, been Gemini, man. It's out in theaters now. Just based off of what we've talked about here, I think if you can get to one of the 14 theaters showing it in 120, do that. If you can't, then go see it normal 2D. No, don't. I don't. Do, but this yeah, is Brian just wants to be validated. <laughs> I legitimately think might, this is what's actually, crazy, you though. You might not be wrong about that because it does seem like Bill kind of enjoyed the movie more. Right. I think that the artificiality cover-up that 24 frames per second offers <laughs> and the crystal clear madness-inducing 120 are the ways to see this movie. I think that the 60 is like, I don't know. I like, it just seems as though I got like the worst possible experience. I will say, I do believe, I think, I think Dan Mecca saw it in 60 and also enjoyed it. All right. Well, maybe I'm just broken as a human being. (laughs) Or Dan Mecca's broken as a human being. Does someone drown? Yes. (laughs) All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's get out of here. All right, so let's uh, let's wrap up. Uh, don't forget that we are brought to you by Mubi. Go to mubi.com slash filmstage for your free 30-day trial. Again, that is mubi.com slash filmstage. Also, go to patreon.com slash show to give us your money. Uh, we're trying to get our backlog of classic episodes down, so if you are a patron, uh, you are the ones who are responsible for making us do that. Thank you so much. It gives us an opportunity to talk about great movies like Time Me Up, Time Me Down, which we just did. Uh, if you have any interest in pitching us a classic episode, reach out podcastfilmstage.com. Also, if there are any guests that you would like to hear on here, uh, please also reach out. Yes. Uh-huh. Indeed. <laughs> did I say something weird? I don't know. I was just like, are you asking the guest to reach out or are you asking people to reach out to us and say, please get this person? Second one. Okay, great. Does it not have a happy ending? Um, (laughs) Next week. Lighthouse. We are talking about the lighthouse. Yeah. It's going to be baller. Can't wait. I hear there's a seagull. And based on the shallows, y'all know I love a seagull in a movie. I hear there are a lot of bottles. Even seagull. 
There's a lot of what? Bodily, bodily fluids? fluids. Oh, yep. fuck yeah. I love that too. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Great. Let's wrap it up. Let's tell the fine people at home where we can be found on the internet. We'll start with our guest, Connor O'Donnell. Uh, you can find my byline on the film stage occasionally. I did just write the film stage review for the Gem- or for uh, Gemini Man. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Scruffy Looking. You can follow the B-Side uh, at TFS B-Side. And uh, in a couple weeks, we'll have our Halloween-themed episode coming up. Uh, we do John Carpenter. So uh, keep a lookout for, uh, for that as well. Nice. All right. Bill Graham. Uh, you can find me just in lowly 24 frames per second on Twitter <laughs> at CableBFG. You can also find me uh, mixing it up on the Slack channel. I'm going to start making shirts that say life looks best at 24 frames per second. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, Michael Snydell. Uh, you can find me evangelizing about uh, 120HFR on Twitter at, at Snydell. They have seen the light. <laughs> very quickly, do you think like all movies should be 120 no, or is no, this no, a no, very no, specialized? No, 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 certainly not. What do you think is like the ideal genre or like type of movie to get 120? Angly. <laughs> Avatar wow. sequels, probably. Okay. So like CGI heavy stuff. Yeah, sure. Interesting. All right. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Brian J. Rowan. That's my handle for every social media site. So go find me, connect with me. Don't be surprised if I don't talk back. Uh, <laughs> you can also find my writing at my personal site, BrianJRowan.com. And, uh, of course, thefilmstage.com, where you can also find every episode of this podcast. That is it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. And tune in next week.